Welcome to the Seed of Life Church Houston Social Media Church Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Pastor Ellis Daly. For the next several moments on this midweek Bible study, we're going to be studying basic end-time prophecy, eschatology 101. So take your Bibles out and take some good notes and follow along with us. Let's have a word of prayer and get right into the broadcast. Father God, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come tonight on this midweek Bible study, Lord God, to preach the everlasting gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to these your people. I pray, Father God, that you would think through my mind and speak through my lips and that your word would come forth unhindered and unchecked by any outside or opposing force in Jesus mighty name. We declare and we decree that there shall be a complete and positive change in the people's attitudes and their response to the everlasting gospel of the Lord Jesus for the end times. We decree the fear of God, receptivity to the truth, and a hunger and a thirst for righteousness among these, your people, that they would resent sin and run from it to you today in Jesus' name. We pray, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that the word of the Lord may have free course and that you would be glorified and that you would actually speak to these, your people, concerning being in time ready for the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, let's get started tonight on the midweek end time Bible study tonight. Uh, we're going to be studying uh, along the lines of eschatology as it relates to the Bema seat of Christ. You know, last week, and we're going to give you a quick overview. Last week, we talked about the rapture of the church, the first event in the day of the Lord, in which the Lord himself will appear for the church, for the catching away of the church. We studied that. That's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. Tonight, we're going to be talking about what happens after the church has been received of the Lord. And we are now approaching the judgment seat of Christ. The Bema seat of Christ is what we're going to be talking about tonight. In Jesus name. Now, when we talk about these things, we understand that for the most part, this is not something that's regularly taught in the body of Christ. But be of good cheer. You're going to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit tonight and the power of the Lord. is going to come upon you to understand these things as you become spiritually minded. You're going to have to be a spiritually minded person, a person that thinks along the lines of the word of God, having your mind renewed now. Praise God. And we're continually getting our minds renewed. But God has called us and given us a supernatural mandate to be supernaturally minded. Look over there in first uh, first Corinthians chapter two. Now, here's the whole reason why a lot of people would not receive the everlasting gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ concerning eschatology, which is the study of last things. In the end time events that we are coming into right now, we are living, hear me, saints of God, we're living under a pandemic that is killing thousands of people a day. Yet most of God's people are still running around, living and breathing like nothing's wrong. They're not preparing themselves with more prayer. Praise God. They're not preparing themselves with walking softly before the Lord and and being quick to forgive. They're not preparing themselves with the study of the word of God. Jesus said the word of God declares in in second Chronicles 714 that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, walk softly before me 
and pray, amen, there's an increase of our prayer life that's supposed to be taking place. Then will I heal from heaven. Then will I heal the land. That's not taking place right now because a lot of people are not preparing themselves for the coming of the Lord. You ought to be rapture ready every day. And these messages are intended to bring that to the forefront of your thinking. Amen. And make you ready to meet the Lord because he's coming soon. Amen. Look at first Corinthians chapter two, talking about being supernaturally minded. Here's the reason why many people won't receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says, but the natural man receiving not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are, watch this, spiritually discerned. Glory to God. And that's why most of the church is right now. Amen. When you start talking about the deep things of God, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit's ministry in the last days and how we ought to be rendering ourselves at any moment, Jesus Christ can appear we need to be ready. Praise God. And these messages are intended to give you a proper understanding of these supernatural things. Now, understand something. The Bible is 66 books of supernatural words. See, look over there in Ephesians chapter one. I want you to see this. This was Paul's sole intent as a minister of God. His whole intent was to make sure that the church had proper understanding of these supernatural truths. That were written in the Bible. And over there in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 18, Paul said this when he preached. He said this. He was praying. He said, look at verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and, watch this now, the revelation in the knowledge of him. God, Paul was praying that, watch this, that God would reveal himself to us as he really is, supernaturally, and that we would have the wisdom and the understanding of God. Look at verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of its inheritance in the saints. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Talking about the rapturous spirit of God. We're going to talk about that a little bit. The, the greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ. Watch this. How did he work, work it in Christ? When he raised him from the dead, resurrection power, and set him at his own right hand, in the heavenly places, for above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Now understand something. God wants you to have that understanding of him. So I wanted to read that he wants you to have the, the supernatural wisdom of God that cannot, amen, glory to God, be compared to any other kind of wisdom. That's why these messages are not so full of theology. They're, they're not, they don't have anything to do with religious philosophy or, 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 you know, or academic learning. It's just, I just, you know, I just want to give you the word of God in a practical sense that you can have it in your life and live from it in Jesus name. Now understand something. And that's why we're here. We're here. We come to you today to bring you the word of the Lord. Glory to God through this format to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ concerning the end time. Now you say, well, I don't know if it's, it's that important for me to know it. You need, you need to know it. Glory to God. 
And it, the reason that many people, the Bible says hell is going to have to enlarge himself to accommodate all the people that are going to, you know, that, 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 that are headed there. Praise God. And the main reason why most people die without the knowledge of God and end up missing heaven is because they have not heard the everlasting gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ preached without pretense or anything else. Just, just the straightforward word of God showing you what the real reason Jesus died and that you can get you and your whole family ready. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 29. Here's the reason why you need to know it. Well, I don't know. Is, is it that important? Isn't it enough for the preacher to know it? Here's what the Bible says about us knowing the deep things of God. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. The Bible says this. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed, revelation, belong unto us. And watch this and our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. You'll never be able to ready yourself without hearing the message of the everlasting gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is, watch this, which is the end time message concerning his appearing. Amen and amen. We're going to look at it tonight. We're going to go over a few things with you. Let me give you a quick overview. Last week, we talked about the rapture of the church. We seen that, amen, it was a part of the hope of glory. This is what Jesus came for us to have. Amen. He died for all our sins, transgressions and iniquities. And Jesus made the promise over there in John chapter 14, verse three, when he said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. He made that a, he made a promise to you and to me that he would come again. And here's the reason to receive you unto myself that where I am, there you shall be also. Praise God. He also said in John chapter 14, verse 28, you have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I go unto my father, for my father is greater than I. Jesus said, if you really understood what I was talking about, you would be rejoicing because the father who is going to resurrect me he also has a plan for you. Glory to God. And we need to be ready to receive the Lord. We need to be ready to, to amen, to be received by him. He also said in Luke chapter 21, verse 36, watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the son of man. That's in Luke 21, 36. So the rapture was the, the event that we talked about last week, earth's missing multitudes through the rapture and the translation of our bodies, the dead in Christ rising first. Those of us who are alive and remain will be caught up with them in the air to be with the Lord. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. Our bodies being changed in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye, according to first Corinthians chapter 30, uh, 15, 35 and First Corinthians 15, 50 through 52, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we will put on our glorified bodies forever being with the Lord. And the next step in that event, the next step in that event would be to appear before the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat where we will receive not the, the condemnation for sin, but our heavenly reward. God is a rewarder. Praise God. Let's look at that. Amen. I want you to understand that. I'm telling you, I'm believing God that as you hear the word of God tonight in this teaching, light would come and transform your thinking and you would reorder your life and 
be forever ready to meet the Lord on a moment's notice. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care who kicked the dog. I don't care what's happening in your life and in your family, on your job or in your finances. You need to start focusing your mind. You need to start focusing your attention on heaven right now because these things are coming to pass on a daily basis. We see everything that the Bible is saying. And right now, that end time clock is being wound up. And I'm telling you, I really believe Jesus Christ could appear any moment to call his church out of the earth in Jesus name. Let's look at a few things. I want to show you something before we get started. Uh, turn with me to Titus chapter two. Titus is toward the the uh, the, the ending epistle letters toward the back of the, your Bible. Amen. Praise God. Right past. Amen. Second Timothy and right after second Timothy. Amen. Glory to God. That standalone book called Titus. Amen. Look at Titus chapter two. I want you to see what verse 13 says about it. Amen. About this blessed hope that I'm talking about. Amen. And how we ought to be readying ourselves and believing God. Amen. Look what he said. Exalt. Exalt. Look at verse number nine. Exalt servants to be obedient unto their masses and to please them. Well, in all things, not answering again. Amen. And then I want you to see something. Uh, let's go down to verse number. Let's go down to verse number 12. Amen. Look at it. It says teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. Here's the reason looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. See, we ought to be looking forward to this. If you're not looking forward to the appearing of the Lord, to the glorious hope of glory. If you're not looking forward to the things that the Bible teaches about the coming of the Lord manifesting in your lifetime. You need to ask yourself, are you saved? Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. You need to get your mind right. Praise God. You need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show you that if what this preacher is saying, all the are these things true. After we are raptured up out of the earth, after the dead in Christ, all our loved ones come before the Lord. We meet them in the clouds, in the air, and we are ushered in to the place of glory to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ as he sits on his judgment seat called the Bema seat in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We ought to be ready for that. We ought to be getting ready for that. We ought to be readying ourselves. The Bible is 66 books of supernatural word seed. And we have a supernatural mandate. Glory to God to receive the written word of God right now. We're talking about the judgment seat of Christ tonight. Turn with me in your Bibles. Let's get started. That's a good overview. Let's get started. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Well, where does the Bible talk about this at, Pastor Staley? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number, I want to start reading it. Uh, praise God. You know what? Uh, I want to start reading at verse number 10. The Bible says, for we, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be bad or good. Amen. Praise God. And then look at verse number eight up there. He said, for we are confident 
And I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted by him. So you ought to be doing something in your life spiritually to yourself. Putting on godliness and believing God for the amen, for his mercy and grace in your life every day as you draw near to God. The Bible says God is a rewarder. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that they that come to God must first believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's look at this in the word of God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're talking about the judgment seat of Christ and why we ought to be making ourselves ready. I mean, let me tell you something. You can belong to the biggest church in the world or the smallest church in the world. You can belong to uh, a, a great ministry or, or, or a meager ministry. The responsibility for you understanding these things is totally upon you. Glory to God. When you believe God every day that this could be the day that Jesus comes back, I'm going to walk softly before the Lord. I'm going to be quick to forgive. I'm not going to hold grudges. I'm not going to be black hearted. I'm not going to let the sun go down on my wrath. I'm going to live right before God and I'm going to serve God. I don't care who thinks I'm a hypocrite, who thinks I'm a failure. I'm going to do what God told me to do. And when you get that attitude in you, you're going to be ready to meet God because every day you're doing something. You're preparing yourself to meet him. No time spent with God is wasted time. Look at first Corinthians chapter nine. Look at what uh, Paul wrote in verse number 24. He say, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. Talking about your rewards now. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. You know, in the world, people compete for corruptible standings, corruptible crowns. Well, look what he said. But we an incorruptible crown. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself shall be a castaway. One translation says, I myself may be shipwrecked. In other words, it's time to get right, church, and let's go home. Glory to God. We are on the, uh, I mean, at this moment, we can be called out of the earth while everybody else is trying to get ready to vote. And we should vote. And I'm going to vote if I got to bring three people with me. Why everybody else is worrying about how much money they got to make and, w you know, what they can obtain in this world and who got what and this and all this other stuff. A lot of people put their life inside of their jobs. My God, their life inside of where, where they're working, not seeing that this economy can crash at any moment. I'm telling you, some people live their life without being in covenant with God on a consistent basis. Glory to God. They don't have a covenant with God. So the sickness and disease that's in this earth can come upon them and their whole family and wipe them out because ain't nobody standing before the Lord. Ain't nobody being a priest in the home. Nobody is covering the whole family in the blood. Amen. You got people who are not even concerned about these things. And these are the things that we should be concerned about if we're planning on standing before the Lord. Amen. At the judgment seat of Christ to receive our rewards. Look at first Corinthians. Also, I want you to see this now. 
1 Corinthians, before we begin to talk about the judgment seat and what it's about, I want you to see that we should be making ourselves ready. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse number 11. The Bible says this. I'm talking about for as we begin to believe, because a lot of people got a lot of different beliefs that they're, you know, they're building on the foundation of Christ and they don't have anything to do with Christ. Look what Paul said. For other foundations can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man work about it, which he has built thereon, he shall receive a reward. God is a reward. Praise God. God has a plan to reward you for believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and witnessing him and working in ministry and staying in covenant with him, giving to his church, his kingdom here in the earth. God has a reward coming your way. Amen. And you need to be ready to receive that reward. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, understand, I say this again. There are a lot of uh, good guard fed people out there, amen, who, you know, who have not ever heard about this that we're talking about tonight. And I want you to just to take some good notes. Those of you, you might not have this preached in your church. Take some good notes. Go back to your man and woman of God and say, hey, listen, I need to know if these things are true. I don't understand this. And they'll tell you that what I'm about to minister to you tonight is the absolute God written truth out of the Bible. And you're going to be blessed. From hearing the word of God tonight. Amen. Praise God. So let's get started. We're talking about the judgment seat of Christ. It takes place after the rapture of the church. It is a part of the day of the Lord. The church is raptured out. Amen. Glory to God. The dead in Christ rises first. Those of us, the generation of believers who are alive at the appearing of the Lord, shall be translated only experiencing death for a moment and a twinkling of an eye. We will put on our glorified bodies ascend into heaven with our, our loved ones who have come back to take up their bodies. Amen. And meet the Lord in the air. And at that time, we appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We found that out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go back there so we can start. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10. You need to write that down and get it in your spirit. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, According to that, he has done whether it is bad or whether it is good or bad. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we thank God for that. We thank God that we have a right to know these things. We, we have a right. Amen. To know the times that we live in. Jesus preached about these things. Amen. And you need to know what he had to say about it. Tell you what, let's look at. I, I want to take one little rabbit trail. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Amen. Matthew chapter 24. Jesus wants you to know about this. He doesn't want this to come upon you unaware. He don't want you to be living one foot in the church, one foot in the world. He don't want you to be uh, grounded and rooted in the church, but not grounded and rooted in a relationship with him. Amen. A lot of people think, well, I don't go out to nightclubs. I don't drink. Yeah, but you walk around with 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 a with a virus more deadly than the coronavirus in your heart, a virus of hatred, cold love, uh, uh in, in, in black heartedness and racism and all this other stuff that is coming in the world. 
you haven't even realized that it's coming in you. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Uh, racism is just not one race against the other. You got people of the same right race, glory to God, that show you just as much hate, glory to God, as people who are not of your race. Your own cousins don't like you. Amen. Some people believe that they can just, I can forgive my relatives. I just don't want to have any fellowship with them. That's wrong too. Praise God, because forgiveness means restoration of all things. So if you're going to walk in love and forgive, you got to be restored. Glory to God. And if not, Jesus said, if you don't forgive others, you know, neither will I forgive you of your sins. Amen. Look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. Let's see what Jesus said. Look what Jesus said. Amen. Hallelujah. He spoke of a time prior to the tribulation period. Now, he spoke this to the Jews. You got to understand this. God has a plan for the church. He has a plan for the Jews and he has a plan for the unsaved world. We're going to look at glory to God, what God has to say to the church concerning this, this dispensation of grace that we're living in, that we can receive. Amen. Glory to God. What Jesus said. Well, he spoke this to the Jews. He said, uh, he said, when you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel, the prophet standing in the holy place, whosoever read it, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes and woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath days. He's talking to the Jews. For then shall be great tribulation. I wanted you to see that a tribulation is coming. Great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, not ever shall be. Except those days be shortened. There shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Now understand something. When this is happening, we're already standing before the judgment seat of Christ. While the tribulation is about to take place in the earth and the Jews are now realizing that, amen, all these things that they have gotten involved with, amen, with, with the world seeking their own Messiah. They have got themselves entrapped into judgment. Amen. Glory to God. And while all that's taking place here in this earth, the tribulation is about to begin Israel, amen, understands now that the Antichrist that they thought was their Messiah is now deceiving them. We're sitting, we're sitting before the judgment seat of Christ. We are not called. I'm a pre-tribulationist uh, minister of the gospel. I don't believe we're called to go through the tribulation period. Praise God. Why do I say that? Look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. I know it's a lot of scripture, but I want you to look at it. Now, while this is happening, while the tribulation is about to begin and we are in the pre-tribulation hour right now in the earth, while that is happening in the earth, we are seated at the judgment seat of Christ about to receive our heavenly reward. The Bible says we're not called a uh, tribulation. Look what it says. Revelation chapter three, verse 10. He said, because thou hast kept my patience or precepts, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation or tribulation which shall come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Glory to God. Jesus said that. Amen and amen. And I'm glad he said it. Amen. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad he said that, man. We don't have to be here. Amen. Now, I understand it's going to take a lot for you to believe this, but you better get your faith up. Amen. You better get your faith up to be ready when Jesus comes and for you to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. There is a process involved in this thing. You know, first the rapture, then we receive our glorified bodies. Then we appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. In this event, the Lord himself is calling his people unto himself so that they can receive their reward. He is calling them to come up hither. You find that in Revelation chapter four, verse one, John, the revelator. He gave us an example about what the call is going to be like, what the voice will actually be saying. Revelation four, verse one, John said, after this, I look and behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it was a trumpet. There it is talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show you the things which must be hereafter. Praise God. You got to have your spiritual ears open at this time in order to, amen, not to be deceived by the world, be, be deceived by the comforts of this world, be deceived by the, the different things that, you know, the world deems uh, substantial. You know, a lot of people put a lot of uh, stock in how much money they make, what their career salary is, or what their education level is, or their oratory ability, or how many people they have in their church membership, and how big the church is, and how many people they're reaching, and stuff like that. I'm telling you, if you don't get a chance to hear the everlasting gospel of Jesus, there's no way in the world you can be prepared. Amen. Glory to God. Christ, at this moment, when we're called up to stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ, it is Christ being reunited with his bride. The church is the bride of Christ. Amen. And we're going to be reunited with him. We're going to some of we're going to see him for the first time as he really is. Glory to God. Amen and amen. And it's also an enlisting that's going to take place after we come before him, after we receive our crowns, we enter into the heavenly armies. Amen. To serve God with all our life. And we're going to be a part of his plan to amen. Bring the world into subjection. Amen. Glory to God. It is a supernatural event talking about the rapture of the church and the ascension into heaven to meet the Lord and to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. It's a supernatural event. That will shock the world when millions upon millions upon millions of people all over the world are missing all over the world. The world's missing multitudes all over the world. Trains wreck, planes crash because, you know, you got some saved pilots and some saved conductors. Amen. People are missing from off of their jobs. People are uh, children. Glory to God are raptured right out of school, right out of wherever they are. Amen. Because you taught your children about Jesus. Jesus is going to bring your children with you. Glory to God. Amen. You'll be going home, driving home from work and the rapture take place. And you know what? Your car going to stand right, stay right there on I-10. Glory to God. Amen. Your house that you worked so hard for for many, many years to pay mortgages is going to be up. Amen. For grabs. Glory to God. For those people who are left behind, glory to God. Amen. And then at that time, while we're standing before the judgment seat of Christ, then and only then can the man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, come on the scene to deceive the world. And I'm telling you, 
the spirit of the Antichrist is already uh, is already working in the earth. And that man is somewhere alive right now in Western Europe, abiding his time to come on the scene to deceive the world. Now, understand at the rapture of the church, America is going to become overnight a third world country because there are millions upon millions upon millions of people in America that believe in Jesus. And that's all you got to do is believe in. That's all you got to do in the last days. God said, I'm going to do so much for the world in the last days that even those who would just call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. They shall be saved. Now, understand, they may not get a whole lot out of their reward, but they themselves are going to be saved. We're going to look at that tonight in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Praise God. So let's look at it. Now, you got to understand this message is not designed to bring fear, but to bring hope and assurance. Amen. That what God promised, God is also able to perform. Listen to me, saints. If you say you a word of faith person or a Baptist person or a Catholic or a Christian, this is put it like that. And you know, you, you, you say you believe in the word of God. Well, you need to hear what Jesus said. If Jesus is able to heal, if Jesus is able to bring increase, if he's able to amen, bring you comfort and peace. He's also able to keep this part of his word because he said his word shall not fail. Look at Isaiah chapter 55. Verse number eight. Look what he says. Isaiah 55 verse eight. Jesus said this. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and water it and return it not hither, but water it the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the soil and bread to the eater. Look what he said. Verse number 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. Jesus is saying right there, if, if, if you believe my word. Hey, this is my word also. And I have a promise in my word to come back for my people, take them out of the earth before the tribulation and reward them before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, let's look at it. The judgment seat of Christ. Amen. It's not a judgment of sin that you're coming to. But it is a judgment to determine your reward in heaven based upon how we have lived for God while in this earth. Amen. In other words, did we obey him? Did we keep covenant with him? Did we uh, uh, witness for him? Did we perform the work of the ministry? You know, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says that he gave some to be apostles, prophets, uh, pastors, evangelists and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Did we do the work of the ministry as we receive the word of God? Did we forgive and walk in love? Amen. Did we live? By faith, the Bible says in Romans 1 17 that he and the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For it is written, the just shall live by faith. Glory to God. Were we living by faith? Glory to God. Were we living by faith? Were we doing were we doing what God told us to do? Amen. Well, how can this be, Pastor Ellis? Because Jesus Christ, our king, promised. He promised it through his blood. And because he promised it through his blood, we go free. Glory to God. We only get to stand before his judgment seat for our rewards because he had already took on the judgment of our sins here in the earth. Amen. Let's look at it. Look at John chapter five. 
me see what the Bible says about it. John chapter five. Now, when you understand, you got to know why is it that you are able to stand before him without being judged? Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this, John chapter five. Jesus taught this. He said this in verse 24. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on me. And him that sent me had everlasting life. If you hear my word and believe it upon uh, me and him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Glory to God. Jesus promised that if you believe on him and you believe in the one that sent him, you have passed from death unto life. You shall not come into condemnation. Now, understand, we have to obey the Lord. We have to walk in forgiveness and, and toward him and toward each other. Amen. But the debt has been paid when you die and you are raptured out of this earth and you appear before the Lord. If you believed upon him and him that sent it. Glory to God. You have a right to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Amen and amen. Because Jesus already paid the sin debt for you. Amen. And in Isaiah 53, verse five, it says Jesus was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Christ by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. We are healed, meaning to be restored. Everything being made perfect. He took our sins for us. Amen. Glory to God. Sin. Amen. Glory to God is simply an outward act of disobedience or wrongdoing that we have done. Amen. And these things must be confessed daily. Amen. Not repeatedly, but every day you ought to go over your life. And if you've seen something in your life that is not pleasing to God, that grieved the Holy Spirit, ask God for forgiveness. Something that you've done that violated the word of God, something you said that you shouldn't have said, ask God to forgive you. Praise God. And if as much, as much as you can, amen, glory to God, get it right with people as much as you can. But don't come under condemnation. The Bible said in Romans 8, verse 1, now, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So whenever you run up in, into any situation where condemnation is present, don't receive it. Glory to God. Yeah, you might have missed God. Yeah, you might have did it. But you know what? Don't come under condemnation. Don't let nobody put condemnation over you. Amen. Because it is a part of the curse and it is demon demonically inspired to keep you from God. Amen. And amen. The Bible says in 1 John 1 9 that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you can have a good conscience toward God. Amen. Glory to God. It says in Psalms 86 verse 5, but thou Lord are good and ready to forgive and plentiness and mercy to all those who call upon you. So you have a right to stand before God. The Bible also says in 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one. you see, you know what it says? It says that if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. Amen. Amen. And so you can stay ready when you, when you have a, a proper relationship with Jesus and you're not, a, you're not running from him. You're running toward him. Pastor John Osteen used to say that when you sin, don't run from God, run toward him. He wants to forgive you. And I've never forgotten that all my life. Amen. Praise God. That's one of the things that we have to, you know, begin to see ourselves as glory to God, children of God. Amen. Now, understand. Praise God. Now, this this judgment seat of Christ is it's, it's, it's your sin problem has already been taken care of. Amen. 
And God wants you to know that he wants you to know, praise God, that you don't have to worry about amen. Glory to God. Your sin problem. Jesus took care before you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So now we're going to look at the beam of seed of Christ right now. Well, what is about? Amen. It's the subject of this, 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 this judgment has to do with our works. What did we do for God? Amen. I, 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 there's a joke one time, a man, they said he, he, he went up to heaven and you know, these are just jokes. They don't have nothing to do with the word of God. And, uh, he said, well, you know, I gave $2, you know, one time to the church. And the, the joke is that Peter asked Paul, why don't we give him back his $2 and let him go to hell? But you know what? God has a sure word. It's not full of uh, allegories. It's not full of uh, old wise fables. This is the sure word of God. If you receive it tonight, you're going to receive the truth of the word of God. So this judgment before the beam of seat of Christ has to do with us being judged for works, not sin. It happens after the rapture of the church, after the church is caught out of the world. The place of this judgment is the judgment seat of Christ in the air, in the heavenlies. Amen. Before we get to heaven and it's based on our good works or the lack thereof, the result will either be reward or loss. We're going to look at it. Now, the Bible says once again, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in the body according to that, amen, that he had done, whether it be good or bad. That's 2 Corinthians 5, amen, verse number 10. Understand something. God wants you to understand that there's going to come a time where he's going to hold you accountable for the way that you lived. Amen. As a saint of God. Amen. Amen. The time of this judgment, glory to God, is soon coming. Amen. Glory to God. Therefore, the Bible says, therefore, judge nothing before his time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsel of the hearts. And then shall every man have his praise. That's in first Corinthians chapter four, verse five. So you understand something you might get you may get by with it, but you'll never get away with it. Glory to God. You better have your sins confessed up and covered under the blood. When you stand before him, amen, praise the name of God. Let me describe this beam of seed event. Let's look at it. First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three. Look at verse. Uh, we already read this verse number 11. For every for for other foundations can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay and stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any, every, any man's work abide, which he has built there thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet so as by fire. So we understand when you get there, if you don't have many works that God approved of, you know, there's a lot of people got a lot of big works, but none of it God approved of. God will never give you a work that will corrupt you. And uh, God will never give you a work, praise God, that will make you sin against him. Glory to God. Yet there's a lot of, you know, people out there with big old, big old things that are happening in ministry. 
And if you take a good look at them, very few of them are walking in integrity. Amen. Very few of them. Glory to God. Because they can't handle the anointing. I thank God I come out of a good church. Lakewood Church is one of the best churches in the world. Them people operating in integrity over there. I thank God for ministries that have fed me and kept me alive, like Kenneth Copeland and Dr. Bill Winston and Bishop David Yabidipo and all these ministers of God who have great ministries yet walk in integrity. Bishop T.D. Jakes, Dr. Fred Price, all these great men of God. And you know why? It's because they're grounded and rooted in Christ. Amen. They're walking in love. They understand the gospel. Amen. Praise God. Pastor Joel Osteen, praise God. He is an epicenter of charity and help in the Houston area, especially during moments of great dire need. And these are the kind of people that you need to look up to. Praise God. I don't care what you think about it. You just you just check his work because God's going to judge every every man's work. Praise God. Now, understand this. We're coming into our crowns now. We're seated before the judgment seat of Christ. The beamer seat of Christ is, is uh, Jesus is sitting on the throne and we're, we're admiring his glory. And one by one, I don't know how it's going to happen, but God is going to interview each and every one of us. I don't know if it's simultaneously or not. The Bible doesn't speak to that. But God, if he can speak to millions of people all at once every day and every night, I'm sure he can speak to us in that moment. Glory to God. It won't take as long as you think it'll take. Glory to God. Amen. And we're going to appear before him on the crowning day. Amen. Glory to God. The first crown that we can have, amen, as believers. Hallelujah. First crown that we can have as believers is the crown of life. The crown of life has to do with the martyr's crown. These are the crowns that are given to the people that are, uh, you know, killed for the gospel's sake. I think one of the common day, uh, uh, modern day martyrs of the gospel is Martin Luther King, Maker Everett, people like that. People who were ministers of the gospel trying to get righteousness working in America and they were murdered as ministers of the word of God. That's what America needs right now. We don't need a whole lot of darkness can't lead light. Amen. It cannot lead light. And I'm believing God, amen, that God is going to raise up Preachers like he used to have that would speak truth to power and then turn this thing around before it gets out of hand. Glory to God. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm open to him using me also. The Bible says in James chapter one, verse 12, you can look at it. Blessed is the man that endured temptation for he or trial for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Glory to God, because he lost his life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. You know, you got to really love God. Put your life on the line. Glory to God for the gospel. And there are a lot of missionaries being killed right now in India and in China and in, in Iran and places where the gospel is not, not allowed to be preached. It's not like it is in America. Well, those people are going to receive the crown of life. Amen. Glory to God. Look what the Bible says over there in Revelation 2. Verse 10, the Bible says, fear none of those things which thou shall suffer. Behold, the devil shall be the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried or tested. Ye shall have tribulation 10 days, but thou but be thou faithful unto death. Look at that faithful unto death. And I will give thee a crown of life. Revelation 2 verse 10. So you see, there are some some people. Amen. Who are suffering through things they don't have they don't, they weren't blessed enough to live in a country of gospel light and they actually are going to lose their life 
amen, this mortal life, amen, and receive an instant crown as they stand before the judgment seat of Christ at the coming of the Lord. Now, the second crown that we can receive, talking about the crown that we receive at the judgment seat of Christ, is the crown of glory. Uh, this is the pastor's crown, the elder's crown, you know, the people who preach the gospel, the overseer's crown, amen, to be given to us by the chief shepherd when he shall appear. Amen. Glory to God. But it is not for those who serve for filthy lucre. You better hear this now. Amen. Uh oh. It's not for those who serve for filthy lucre. Amen. And Lord over God's heritage. Let me show you this. Look at first Peter chapter five, verse 24. The Bible says this. He said, by the spirit, Peter spoke. He said, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but for a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. Now, understand something. We know that there are different leadership styles and we understand that certain people need different leadership styles. But in all your leading as a man and a woman of God, it better line up with first Peter. Glory to God. Five twenty four. Because if it don't, you're going to hear about it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So the second crown is the crown of glory. That's the ministry crown for the men and the women of God. The third crown that you can receive is the crown of rejoicing. This is the soul winner's crown. These are brought to the brought to us by Jesus for those who go about witnessing Christ and rejoicing in him at his coming. Amen. We we got a couple of people in our church. When I think about the crown of rejoicing, the soul winner's crown, I think about Minister Michael Hippolyte. I think about missionary uh, Elizabeth Hippolyte. Praise God. These people will pick people up and bring them to church, find people on the street down on their luck and just stand there and witness to them until they accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And they win souls for Christ and they watch over those people until, until they grow up in the Lord and are able to walk in their Christian walk on their own. And God's going to bless them, I believe, with the soul winner's crown, the crown of rejoicing. The fourth crown that we can receive is the crown of righteousness. This is the crown of those who love his appearing and will be given in that day, the day that the Lord appears. Amen. Look at Second Timothy chapter, uh, I think it's chapter four, verse eight. Let's look at that. Second Timothy chapter four, verse eight. It says this, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, see, there it is, shall give me at that day and not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearance. When you're looking forward to the coming of the Lord, God said, I'm going to give you a crown for being that way. Amen. I'm going to give you a crown of righteousness. Amen. Look, we don't have very much time. Let's look at the fifth and final crown that we can receive. The fifth and final crown that we can receive as believers at the judgment seat of Christ is the incorruptible crown. It's the victor's crown. Those who made it through, those who held on to the faith, those who didn't go into the world, those who didn't abuse themselves, nor their bodies. Amen. Glory to God with worldly lust and the pleasures of the world, drugs and all of this drinking and all that. They just kept themselves and just served God right out of loving him. Amen. And God, because they loved him, God began 
and set aside for them a crown of incorru- that's incorruptible. Let's, let's look at it because they wasn't ashamed of the Lord. Look at 1 John 2, 28. The Bible says, you know, John taught and he said, and now little children abide in him that when he shall appear, there it is, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. In other words, just live for him. Glory to God. There's a crown waiting for you if you just live for him. Well, you know, that's 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 the beam of seat of Christ, folks. And that's just a, a brief summary of some of the things that that is going to take place, you know, in this life, this Christian life that we have that we can look forward to. God wants you, amen, to appear before him. He wants to give you glory to God, the crown of life. He wants to give you the crown of glory. He wants to give you the crown of rejoicing. He wants to give you the crown of righteousness. He wants to give you the crown that's incorruptible. Amen. Just for living for him and abiding in it. But you're going to have to make up your mind that you want to be ready. I'm asking God right now that if you don't know Jesus, just repeat this prayer after me. And you're qualified to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ as you live for him. You're qualified to stand before the beam of seat of Christ. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know without you I'm lost. I know without you I would die and go to hell. Lord Jesus, I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to stand before you. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would come into my heart. Amen. Make me your child. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Change me. Renew me. Amen. Regenerate me, Lord Jesus. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I repent of all my sins, doubt, and unbelief. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe, glory to God, you're coming again to get your church. And I believe you are the Son of the living God. In Jesus' name, I make you now my Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. My friend, I believe if you prayed that prayer, you got born again. And this is Pastor Ellis Stelly. Next week, we're going to be looking at starting a new teaching. Now we're moving on to the next uh, uh, phase of the day of the Lord. We're going to be studying the seven year tribulation and Daniel's prophecy. We're going to look back at the rapture, the judgment seat of Christ and the things that are going to begin to happen in this earth concerning the seven year tribulation, which is a time of judgment that is coming on the world which you don't want to be here, so you need to get ready to meet the Lord. Until next week, I'm Pastor Ellis Daly. On behalf of my wife, Charlotte, and our children, Jaden and Naomi, and the people of our Seed of Life Church family from Seed of Life Church, Houston, we want you to know and remember one thing. Jesus is Lord. See you next week. God bless you.